you know, it's, uh, I've, been, I've been battling, like my wife and I have been battling in the city of Oakland. And even I and Toby were talking about it. And so fear, subject is about fear. Lord have mercy, I can tell you a little something about fear. <laughs> Don and I have learned, you know, we've learned, uh, we've learned to trust God. In, uh, in, in, our, in our city, uh, 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 gun battles are uh, everyday occurrence. Uh, in our city, there's churches on every corner. In our city, the guy carrying the gun can quote scripture better than most people in church. In our city, they become anesthetized to death. It's almost like uh, that uh, when you come home from, from war, what do you call that, Blanco? Yeah, yeah, post-traumatic stress syndrome. In our city, they're, 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 they're numb. You know, they, they, they've been exposed to so much damage that it, it, doesn't, it doesn't really affect them. So in order to reach them, in order to reach people like that, you're going to need signs, wonders, and miracles in order to reach this, this dramatic, because these people have been, their lives are, it's kind of hard to explain when you, when you go to the store just to get some groceries from the store and you got to pray for you go because you don't know you're going to make it back. The kids that go to school, every day they go to school, they don't know if somebody's going to pull a gun on them or somebody's going to jump them or cut them or, or whatever because they didn't join or because somebody didn't like them. There's just so many things coming against these youth in this city that it's unbelievable, the stress upon their lives. But Pastor Josie told me uh, we're going to be talking about fear. And fear is something that we all face, but we don't want to admit it. It's like, you know, we're all, we're all that, you know. I can overcome anything uh, in public. But at 3 o'clock in the morning when that ghost is knocking on your door, well, there's a whole other person sitting in that bed quaking about well, I'm at a point in life where I think I'm losing my mind. But I can't tell you because you, you think less of me. So my fear is that you think different of me if I tell you what I'm going through. So what does the devil do? He locks you in a room. And no help can get to you because you won't open the door. Your prayers can't get out because every window shut up. So you just waste away. In your pity and suffering and lack of answers. Amen? This study is about working through fears. I don't mean wallowing in them. I mean working our way. I mean, we've heard thousands of messages. I mean, you know, every time we come to church, uh, we come to church, we hear a message and sometimes we, we get a message that we utilize and we, we start working on. And I pray that this will be one of those messages because fear affects everyone in this room. Whether you want to admit it or not, fear is a friend. It shows up all the time. It's not something that, you know, it comes once a month, every six months, or it comes like summertime. When summertime comes, fear is going to... It's not like that. Some of us right now that are sitting in our rooms are fearful of getting put out because we don't have the, rent for, the money for the rent. There's a lot of fear in this place. 
There's a lot of fear that none of us even want to talk about. There's ghost fears, that, fears that I can't even explain. All I wake up and I'm terrified. I don't know why. But I wake up and I'm afraid and I don't, I can't, there's no grasp for it. You know, I feel like I'm just, like I'm losing my mind. But it's not you're losing, the enemy is vanquishing you. Satan's got a grip on your life. And then he tells you, don't tell sister so-and-so. You know, don't tell sister Linda. Don't tell Will. They'll put it all over the Gazette. Victory Outreach Gazette will be on the front page. <laughs> the devil, he, he's so crafty. And he utilizes his, his craft to the best. I mean, he is good at what he does. Can I get amen? amen? So Don and I was at the youth convention. And uh, we had a ball. And uh, we was there and we saw your youth. And they, they, they uh, represented you proudly. They were orderly. They were reverent. They were at all altar calls. You know, I'm, I'm, uh, Uncle Walter's watching. <laughs> and uh, you'd be proud of your kids. Give them a hand praise, man. They were awesome. <laughs> but while we were out there, Donna and I took our kids to see a movie. And the movie we went to see was Karate Kid. Man, I like that stuff, boy. Pastor Steve used to do that all the time. <laughs> I always wanted to do karate, but I didn't want to go to class and all that stuff. <laughs> I, you know, because you got to go dojo, you got to go a whole lot of stuff. I didn't want to go through all that. I just wanted the belt. You know, I just wanted to be able <laughs> So I, I said, guys, let's go, let's go see this movie because I, I know there's going to be something rich. And I didn't know Pastor Josie was going to have me do fear. Uh, I got at the last minute with some problems of communication. And then finally I got the message. It was about fear. And I said, well, I won't be a problem penning this. This is something I live with every day. So the story is about a young man, a youth, that his mother had moved to China. And he... inherited some boys that changed his life. By him moving to China, his whole life changed. But it changed more than just uh, a move. When he got to, to, to school, he met, these, he, 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 he met this girl, a Chinese girl, and he liked her. You know, friendly, 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 you know, just friendly. She seemed like a face that would... Um, uh, someone that you would like to have as your friend. So he befriended her. So these Chinese kids saw him talking to a, a black brother, a little black kid, and they told him, we ain't going to have none of it, man. You ain't talking to our people. If we catch you messing with our people, we're going we gonna, to we gonna tear you up. We're going to fire on you. So he, next day he went back and he, started, he, he talked to her again, and the guy, they started arguing and pushing him around, and next thing you know, they got into a fight, and the kid's name was Andre, but they call him Dre. And, and Dre, he's from the hood, you know, he's from the neighborhood back home. He ain't afraid of much. He, he said, you know, and the thing about it is that the way, the style he had, I, I couldn't believe it. It was like old school, 1800s, and he was, you know, I mean, he didn't even have the, you know, the, the real swagger. He just, and I said, oh, boy, he's in trouble. <laughs> and, and then, uh. I mean, this kid, this kid, boy, 
he got down on the stance, man. And he did some stuff on, I mean, he beat this poor kid. Oh, my God. My heart went out to him. He mopped the floor with him, literally mopped the floor with him. But the kid kept getting up. He wouldn't, he wouldn't lay down. He, he kept getting up. I mean, I love the spirit in that young man. Do we have that spirit in the things of God? When you get knocked down, do you stay down? When something happens in your ministry or in your walk, like this young lady, a young youth, said that I'm here today because people kept coming at me. She said, I would have been gone if it wasn't for so-and-so. And then she mentioned another name. So you guys come at her in waves. That's awesome, man. That is, that's ministry. No, that's family. That's family. The Victory Outreach family. So this kid's life was at a turmoil. And what was happening was he realized that he was going to have to fight to overcome his fears. Or the rest of his life, he'd be running. He'd be running from the giants in his life. So he had to confront his fears and learn to rule them. And to have courage. Are we doing the same thing with our fears? How, how, are we, how are we functioning in the fear category in our lives? Uh, are you an overcomer? Uh, have you been challenged in this area of, of fear? Has it grown from just fear to something a little bigger? How are we handling it? Well, the word fear in the Greek is phobos where we get our word phobia. This word means a persistent, abnormal, or irrational fear. Phobia. So when the devil comes on the scene, he'll bring a little salt of fear in your life because he's trying to take your fear to a phobia. And then from a phobia to a neurosis. What does that mean? You get sicker, and sicker to the point where you lose touch with reality. Well, you think that can only happen to those guys walking down the street. Yeah, uh-huh, yeah. Did you see them? And he's by himself, you know. There's a lot of them in Oakland. You, you see the people walk down the street? Yeah, just them. And they're having a conversation with three people. Have you seen them? Yeah, I know. I, ha, ha. Well, sin in his life, a point where... The, the loss of the devil's Bible study, when the, when the devil gives you a Bible study, when you start listening to that Bible, it's one thing when the, when the devil says something to you, you turn your back and walk away. But when you start listening to the Bible study, the phobias are coming. Ah, oh, you don't hear God. When you stand still and have dialogue with the beast, he's going to give you a Bible study. And that Bible study is going to turn you out. Are you following me? All of us have fears. Little spiders or different things, man. Listen to this. A quote from Edward Weeks. Edward Weeks said, To live with fear and to not be afraid is the final test of maturity. You are going to have to learn to live with fear. 
It's not something that you can say, well, I'm fearless. No, 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 no. You're handling your fear. You're dealing, you're working through your fear. Well, like Pastor Steve used to say, your faith level is above your fear level. And that's the way we need to look at it. Constantly, when the tide of fear rolls upon the shores of your life, we need to regroup and think about how we're going to attack this thing called fear. Because if not, it's going to get worse. It's going to become a phobia and from a phobia to a neurosis. And by that time, you'll never get back here to Victory Outreach Hayward. The devil will keep you from coming. Are you following God? You, he won't allow you to get dressed on Sunday to come. He'll tell you, get back in that bed. Oh, you don't hear me, huh? He'll tell you, turn on the sports. Go visit that drunken family of yours. He'll tell you to do something. He's going to control and manipulate. If you don't learn how to battle your fears with the word of God, then you are going to be eaten. Are you following God? Okay, listen here. We're going to go over these things called fear. And there's three things that I want to go over. One of them is common fear. We all have common fears. We, some of us are afraid of ghosts, you know, ghosts anyway, trippy anyway, trippy subject. Snakes, you know, there's a lot of people afraid of snakes. I mean, snakes ain't even in our neighborhood, but they're scared of snakes. <laughs> you know, you watch TV, and they get panicked, run out of the room. I don't like snakes either, especially them big ones, man. I'm kind of, you know, I kind of agree with that a little bit about snakes. Some of us are afraid of heights. You get on a tall building and you hold on to everything. You just look down, oh, my God. You know that? And some people are afraid of small enclosures. I can't go in that room. I can't get in that place. I can't go there. I can't get on a plane. It's just, I can't. Are you following God? Then there's other fears. There's uh, the fear of failure. Man, I'm just afraid to fail, so I don't do nothing. Oh, come on now. So I, I, I guarantee one thing, I won't be a failure. Yeah, you won't be a failure. You never did nothing. You had nothing to judge you on. You, you, no track record at all. But I, but, I, but I didn't fail. You did fail by not attempting anything. You're a failure. Well, how could that be? How could I be a failure when I didn't do anything? Well, that's what the devil's doing to you right here in church. See, right here in the, in the shot of my voice, there's some of the most awesome leaders sitting in these seats right here before me. But the enemy tells you every time you, every time the Holy Spirit blows you up, like one of them blow-up dolls, well, you feel powerful, boy. You come to church, you know, you got that Holy Ghost walk now. Ooh, got that swag. Come on now, watch out, watch out, watch out, watch out, watch out, watch out. You know how it is, like, he just come in, you know, you know what I'm saying? And then you pose, bam. On those good days, you come to church and you feel like, you know, maybe I could do something for God. And then before the day is over, people and things will put you right back in check, right back in that bottle, right back on the shelf for fear of. They say, maybe somebody will say, uh, do an announcement. Sweat starts beating up on your forehead. Just the thought of it, doing the work for God, you get nervous. Or it's your track record. You know, I got a bad track record. 
How could I do anything for God? I didn't know you was God. So you can tell what's good and what's bad and what he, what he approves and what he doesn't approve of. So now you're going to tell me that God's going to qualify. Are you the disqualifier or is God the disqualifier? So we disqualify ourselves by fear. You know, if they found out what I was or who they was, they wouldn't even talk to me no more. That's a lie from the pit of hell. This is victory outreach, isn't it? I mean, we all got a testimony in here. So the devil, when he comes with his move, he comes to cripple. Now listen to this. Common fears. Fear is an emotional response to a perceived threat. An emotional response to it. What does that mean? Just like Dre in the movie. His perceived threat was those boys that was trying to beat him up every time, they, every chance they got. So when he got to school, he's looking for them, right? He wouldn't go down the classroom. He's looking this way, this and that way. The perceived threat that those boys were going to beat him up, they were the bullies in his life. They were giants in his life. How in the world? He don't even speak that good Chinese. He doesn't have any friends. He has no protectors. He's there by himself facing these devastating boys. And if you would have seen the beating he put on that kid, you would have been afraid too. The one thing Dre realizes, I can't live like this. He said, I can't live in a closet. I, I don't want to be homeschooled. If I don't learn how to overcome this fear in my life about this bully, for the rest of my life, I'm going to be running. For the rest of my life, I'm going to be running. What is Christians is more is how we perceive the threats. Who is our threat? As the Christian, as a Christian, in, in, our, in our Christendom, what is our threat? Our, our threat is Satan. Our perceived threat is we know that Satan is coming to kill and destroy. We know that he hates God. And we know that the only way he gets satisfaction is to hurt his children. So what he's trying to do is he's trying to stop you from going to heaven. He's trying to stop you from being blessed. He's trying to stop you. He's trying to snatch Everything, he's trying to take away your destiny. Man. So many people sitting here in this room, you guys should be uh, out pastoring in another city. Some of you youth would be youth leaders, international youth leaders. We need workers all over the world. Where are they? They're right there. They're right there. They're right there. You are the ones that's going to be sent. You are the ones that's going to overcome. But first, you got to overcome your fears. Satan will put you right back in that box. But now, what is our emotion? Our emotional response. Let's go to Matthew 10. Man, he's not even using scripture. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, he's from Oakland. Yeah, yeah he's from Oakland. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> okay, as I hear you turning. Matthew 10, 28. Give me amen when you're there. Yeah, Matthew chapter 10, verse 28. Amen? Let's read the word of the Lord. And fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul. But rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Now, in the education of 
how do we master our fears? Well, we master our fears by the word of God, through the word of God. The word of God is going to rescue. The word of God is your redeemer. The word of God is something you can trust. The word of God is something you can feel. The word of God is something that goes before you. The word of God lifts you up when you're down. It picks you up when your nose is bleeding, wipes you off, and sends you back with scripture to boot. It's all the word of God that's going to do it for you. Nothing else. Only the word of God. Now listen to this. Fear not them which kill the body. But we're talking about the movie Dre, the kid. Dre had to come up with a, a, a resolution in his mind that this guy can hurt me and he could possibly kill me. But, but, I, but that in itself is not enough from keeping me still. What, what do I mean? We fear a lot of things, but God said, you fear, if you're going to fear anything, fear me. Now, he, I mean, all these little trippy spiders and, and, and gnats and, you know, all these phobias. I'm not tripping on, your, on phobias because they are yours. God can take them away in a millisecond. In a millisecond. That's if you want him to. But so many times we claim, okay. When we're in our seats and altar call comes, the Holy Spirit picks you to the back of your neck, takes you up. <laughs> and you get down there. And you say, you know, I want to get over my fears. And, and this is the time I feel the anointing, you feel the anointing. And then you come up and then the anointing of God takes over. And then you get touched and you get healed and removed. That, the, the, the spirit of fear is going to be removed from you. But by the time you get back to your seat as you're walking, these little demons start crawling up your legs. So by the time you get back to your seat, you're fully cloaked with fear. And the fear is, okay, now that I'm this Christian, what does that mean? He, says, he starts whispering in your ear. Uh, <clears throat> uh, who are you going to become now? Now that you're this Christian, what does that mean? Does that mean we're going to take all the list away of things you can do? Now you can't do this or you can't do that because of different phobias that these people have. He works you. He works you mentally. See, when the devil comes to attack, he's not, he attacks the body, yes, cancer, and etc. but his key thing is the mind. His key playground is in between our ears. And if he can control that, he controls the heart. See, if he can control your mind, he's got your heart. And if he has your heart, then he totally controls the vessel. Amen? And that's what he's trying to do with you, with fear, with us. With me, I'll give you a, 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 a story about fear, me and Donna. Uh, in our city, you hit the streets. Anytime you hit the streets, anything can happen to you, from gunshots to we see, man, we see devastation. So sometimes when you're praying, you, you're thinking, I got to go out in these streets and I got to lead these people. What if one of the, I'm, in my mind, the devil's the devil setting me up, boys. He's, he's creating a motion picture in my prayer life. And he's saying, what if you go out to the streets and one of these guys bumps you and you turn around, then he starts pushing you, then he slaps you in front of your congregation and pulls out a gun and you fold in front of your congregation. Well, that's fear, chief. That's the kind of fear where you say, we're going to have inside evangelism. <laughs> we, we're going to have inside, new kind of evangelism. We're going to, we're going to march around the church. Hey, hey, we're going to march and we're going to hand each other flyers. Here, here's a flyer. Are you following me? 
Either you're going to get out there in the streets and you're going to trust God for your life. You're going to trust God. Now, finances in West Oakland is hard to find. Tithes and offerings is, we got to prime it all the time. Because they don't make a lot of money. A lot of jobless people there. So Donna and I are constantly in, uh, now I won't say Donna because Donna's, man, Donna keeps me going. Man, that woman of mine, boy. She's a VO woman, man. You know, she don't, she don't ask for much. She don't demand anything other than me to serve God. Picks me up when I'm down. Prays for me constantly because she knows I need prayer. So I, I can't speak about how awesome the woman of God that backs the man of God up is. Without her, I, I would be home. I would have been back here if it wasn't for her. Amen? So there's no money. And just like uh, my, my nephew said, we serve with 59. We're talking about seconds in a minute. He comes. He doesn't come 45 minutes to. He doesn't come 30 minutes to. He comes the last minute. In our lives in West Oakland, the rent is paid at, at, at $59.99. I mean, 59. Right, right at the stroke of the clock, everything comes in. We, a van broke down. Just at $59.99, somebody gives us some money. The van's paid for. Everything. Flyers. We need to get some more flyers. How much money we got in the bank? <laughs> she, she chuckles. Well, we're going to do it anyway. So I go down to the presses. I get that. We're going to do it. And then here comes the money. Here comes the money. God never lets us down. I'm telling you, family, God, and, they, and we out there in the desert, man. There's no B of A's. There's no bank. Ain't nobody going to help me. Nobody but God. But there's a lot of fears in my city. Fear of lack of education. Lack of uh, jobs, lack of so many different things that can cause fears and phobias in our lives. Now, the giants that threaten us, threaten our lives, threatens, uh, you can threaten your marriage, your ministry, your church, your life. Now, and dealing with Dre again in the movie, Karate Kid, he started with replacing his fear with faith. He could learn how to protect. He figured that he, I had to learn how to protect myself is what his answer was. So he learned right away to change his fear level lower than his faith level. And his faith level overcoming. Every great person, you see this happen. Now let me, let me give you a little something. A quote from Franklin D. Roosevelt. This is what Franklin said. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Awesome statement, but, but check the statement out. Listen to it one more time. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Now, the word fear, phobia, the only thing we, gotta, we have to worry about is that giant that's in our way, that, that giant that we, there's impossibility for me to get by this. I can't, the, the kid Dre, he couldn't run from it. The guy went to a school. So even when he was in school, he was being terrorized. When he go home, he was being terrorized. He go to the store, he was being terrorized. How in the world am I going to live in these conditions? Some of us are living like that right now. The devil has such control over our lives. Where he gives us, he, he keeps pouring fear in our well. 
that we're afraid, we're, we're anesthetizing, afraid to move, afraid to join this ministry, afraid to go to the streets, afraid to do anything for God for lack of people to laugh or they won't understand or miscommunication. So you just sit there and do absolutely nothing. But Roosevelt learned how to raise his fear level above his, how to raise his faith level above his fear level. In 1910, he won an election to the New York Senate. In 1920, he was the Democratic nominee for vice president. In 1920, in the summer of 1921, a disaster hit him. He became paralyzed. Listen to me. He became paralyzed, and he fought to regain the use of his limbs. Now, here's a man in politics that all of a sudden he was paralyzed from the waist down. The average person would have folded. The average, come on now. The average person would have said, you know what? It was a good idea. It was a good thing. I was doing okay, but I, I, I can't overcome this. There's no way in the world that I'm going to get on, up on stage with crutches and, and have people believe in me. They're not. They're going to look at my crutches and pity me. It's not. Uh, but that didn't stop. That didn't stop him. It didn't stop him. He learned in that summer when he had that disaster, and he was stricken. He was determined to regain the power of his legs. Regardless of what the doctor said or regardless of anything that was surrounding him, he was determined to fight the fears that he faced. He faced a paralytic state. But he said, I, I am not accepting that. How many of you are accepting the devil telling you to stay home and don't go hit the streets? How many of you are accepting when it comes to Wednesday night service, the devil tell you you don't go out on Wednesday night, so you don't come out? How many of us should be leading a Bible study? You know the word inside and out, but are you leading a Bible? No, no, because the devil said you can't do it. If this church was a shed fear in 210, you'd be a church of 2,000 in no time at all. In no time at all. Are you following God? You'd be a church of 2,000. Why? Giants. I mean, you guys, they'd hear about your, your exploits around the world. But fear has us gripped and keeps us as a regular church and a, just a regular ministry doing regular work when we serve a supernatural God. Something's wrong with that picture. Amen? Okay, I got 15 more minutes. I got to move along. In 1932, he was elected president. By March, the banks closed, just like Barack Obama's facing right now. His first 100 days in office, businessmen and bankers turned against him. Throughout his whole ministry and his whole uh, presidency, he was under siege. And even so, he had crutches on stage. But one thing about this man, nothing, he overcame every obstacle. Listen here. With his crutches by his side... He propped himself up and he, de he delivered messages. He would not allow someone to help him get into his car. He was determined that nothing was going to stop him. Is there anyone here like that? Is there anyone here that fear I'm going to overcome the fears that I came with this morning? I'm going to leave fearless. Amen. Can I get amen? Get a load of hand praise. Oh, praise God. Listen to this. 
Let's, let's, let's go to 2 Timothy 1, 7. When you get there, give me an amen. I got to pick it up quicker than this. Huh? Having so much fun. Oh, Jesus, praise the Lord. All right. Oh, praise the Lord. Everybody there? Okay, uh, 2 Timothy 1, 7. And the word reads, And God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So the cop-out is over. You can't hide behind it no more. You can't say, I'm fearful, when God said, I didn't give you that. He's our creator, so if he didn't put it in us, where did it come from? Well, the devil has something to do with it. But God said, you can't blame me for that. God is telling you, I'm not involved in fear. Now, you can fear my awesomeness, which is the beginning of wisdom. But when it comes to the things that happen in your world, I didn't give you the spirit to succumb to it. Are you following him? Now, let's break this down. Given, let's break it down. Given, uh, he didn't give us the spirit of fear. It says that, let's read it again. Seven. For... God hath not given, now the word is given, us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Now the, now the word given, listen to this. Given, he didn't give us fear. He didn't give us the fear of life. He gave us, in the palm of our hands, the ministered word of God. And granted us the ability to understand what he has given us. Do you follow that? Okay, he's given you freedom is what he did. He's given you, you were bound at one point in time. He set you out of jail. He gave you out of, uh, get out of jail free card and said, all your fears and phobias no longer in existence. They're not applicable to you. I'm telling you, I am, I am greater than fear. God said, I fear is at my footstool. So if he's at your footstool, then how, why in the world are we afraid of anything? I mean, really, why, why are we afraid? Why, why are people afraid of people? Why do we have schisms of this nationality again? Because the devil is always busy. He's always at work. They're the spirit. Just, just the words that I'm picking out in, the, in that scripture. Spirit. He gave us his spirit. See, when he gave us a spirit, he didn't just give us a spirit. He gave us his spirit. His life. He gave us his mind, which is panuma. When you get the Holy Spirit, the panuma, which is the power of the Holy Spirit, overtakes you. And when the power of the Holy Spirit overtakes you, you have power. So if God is with us, who can be against us? No one. But what happens to us? This is what happens to us. If Will came up here right now and slapped me across my face, my first reaction is, God said, give him the other cheek. Did he say that? Somebody slapped you, he said, give me that. Now, that's a hard thing to deal with. Somebody slaps you where they put the handprint on your face. You see, they don't know what I'm talking about. Bam. First reaction, well, I'm going to hit him in the eye. Big Will, I got to get him quick. See that? But, but I, that should not be our reaction. Our reaction should be, I need to get scripture on this matter. Which means you, the Bibles will be useful to you. 
every time a dilemma comes your way, if you thumb through the pages of your Bible, you will find the answer to your dilemma. Concordance will help you get there, plus the Holy Spirit. So when the slap comes on your face, the immediate thing is to figure out how you're going to tackle. No, the immediate thing is what does God have to say about this situation? Are you following him? Don't take matters. You're not that person anymore. I don't care what your reaction, your first reaction, then it should be over here. Let me go pray. Amen? Now listen to this. Power, the word power in the Greek is dunamis. It is a force. And in its miraculous force, it gives you such great power that miracles can happen. How many people here in, this, in the sound of my voice feel that God could use you in the healing ministry? How many people? Oh, wow, wow. You got enough courage to raise your hand. Now that takes faith. Because you believe that God's going to work through you and do a miracle. Should be a lot more hands than that, truthfully. Because God is, all of us are healers. You don't have to, Benny Hen, I, I love Benny Hen, but we don't have to call Benny Hen. We don't. I mean, as much as I like, I'm going to go see him, me, me and a couple of the ministers, we're going to go see him. But I'm, I'm just going to be under that anointing to see what's happening, see the movement of God. That's why I'm going to be there. But I don't need Benny Hen. My word said, what does the word say about the matter? He said, when I, when I tell you to go, that you'll be able to, these signs and wonders shall follow my people. Read your contract. You don't read the fine print. If you read your contract, you see. You have that ability. God has given you that power. But the fear stymies your faith, man. Nullifies the move of God in your life. So you become average. Are you following God? Now listen to this. And he gives you self-control, discipline, which is necessary for, for the growth in your life. Fear, now listen to this, and I'm, I'm just about finished. Fear is an intense aversion to or apprehension of a person, place, activity, or object that causes emotional distress. And often avoidance behavior Fear are come in children that can turn into a neurosis. So what does that mean? All it meant was that the fear of in, in, in Andre's life, the fear of this guy beating him up meant that, that he didn't even want to go to school. But he had to deal with this fear. He realized that I can't live like this. I, I don't want to be a slave to this. I want to be able to walk around my neighborhood. I want to be able to see the woman I want to see. I want to be able to have the friends I want to have. I'm not going to let this fear take my life because he's taking our lives. Satan is controlling us, manipulating us to the point where your servanthood is at jeopardy because he's still in control. Are you following God? In the Karate Kid, Andre could have run away from his problems. He could have avoided people like he did in the beginning. He said, Mom, let's move to a different place. Let me change my activities. He could have did a lot of things, but he didn't. He said, you know what? I'm going to stand here. I'm going to find a way. And he found a way to overcome his fears. Franklin D. Roosevelt and Andre, the karate kid, they didn't run away. They faced the giants in their lives. Are, are we avoiding 
people, places, and things because of our fears? In other words, I can't go to this side of town or I can't go or I can't do. Does God have you, does the enemy have you living in a box? Where you're, you know, it's like in my neighborhood, in our gang neighborhood, you can't go on 23rd Street, otherwise they'll kill you. You can't go on 3rd Avenue, otherwise we'll kill you. You can't go to 10th Street, we'll kill you. We can't, you can't go nowhere for fear of death. But does the enemy have you living like that? Has he nullified your experience in Christ? Has he muted you where you can't speak the words of God? Where the fear grips you so you can't speak scripture or you can't give power to those who need it. Is that happening in your life? Here I'm closing right now. Here's the last quote. Eleanor Roosevelt, Franklin's wife. Listen to her quote. I believe that anyone can, through courage, by doing the things or he or she faces to do, provided that they keep doing them until he or she gets a success in the experience and put that behind them. The wife of the President Roosevelt, I'm sure she saw her husband go through battles, trying to walk, lost his limbs, wanted to become president, he became president. He went through a lot of things, and she was there to watch him. But let's go to, on my last scripture, Psalms 111. And I'm finished. Psalms 111, 10. 111, 10. Give me an amen when you're there. Okay, look, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. One more time. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all they that do this commandments. So you, if we obey and follow the word of God, his praise endureth forever. So what does that mean to me? Well, all it means is that, that you believe in the word of God and you live by the word of God. Nothing can stop you. Nothing. I don't care if it's cancer. I don't care if it's a, a liver condition. I don't care if it's, if it's your, your mother-in-law. I, I don't care if it's a brother that fights you every time. I don't care what the situation is. If you have a situation and you take it to the Lord and you go to this word and you find a remedy for what is ailing you in this word, you will become awesomely powerful. Are you following God? You, man, if I gave you a free gym ticket to go, you'd go flex. But what I'm giving you something now is flexing in the spirit. You want to flex with me? Then let's, let's flex together. Let's grow in the things of God. Let's not allow the devil to keep. Now, here's one more thing. I'm talking to the youth right now. Man, I was at that conference, and these, man, I was broken. Aniva, I was broken, bro. To watch these kids run up to give their lives to the Lord. I mean, tears and, man, mocos, everything, man. It was beautiful. It was truly beautiful. And I'm, I'm watching this young leadership arising. Pastor Joe from Mother Church and these young ministers, man. These guys are rising up out of this gang. 
fearless. And they're teaching this army of young people to be fearless. But not only are they teaching them to be fearless, they're teaching them to, let, to, to teach how to use this as a guide. And just not as a, a, a prop in your, on your shelf, but as a guide. And I sincerely love these young people. I'm going to the youth from now on, Aniva. I'm going. Now here I'm finished. Fear is an emotion generally considered negative. Fear is an emotion generally considered to be negative and unpleasant. That is a reaction to, to the real or to the threatened fight of fright of fear. In distinguishing from anxiety, which is a reaction or imagined danger. Well, what does that mean? All it means is that if you don't do something about your fear, not only will spiders bother you, but every time the devil whispers something in your ear will bother you. Are you following what I'm saying? If you don't get a hold, listen to me. If you don't get a hold of it now, then he's going to give you a Bible study that will keep you from coming through those doors. Oh, you don't hear me. You, you think churches unload people just because? No, the devil's working. He hates you sitting here. He hates you being here. He wants you home watching uh, uh, Dr. Phil or anybody. He doesn't want you in church. He doesn't want you to be a leader. He doesn't want you to take a city. He doesn't want you to follow God. He doesn't want you to trust God. Why? Because he's destined for hell. And he's jealous of you. He's so jealous of you, he hates you. And his job and his mission is to make sure you don't get to heaven. I'm going to take you to hell with me. And I'm going to whisper sweet nothings in your ear every chance I get. And on the close of this, right now, can the worship team come up? Remember Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve, Eve was an awesome woman. But her problem was that, that, that Adam, Adam had to tell her what God had told him. Are you following me? See, when, 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 if she was to speak to a third party, she would have to say, we can't eat of the tree because my husband said that God said she wasn't a part of the equation. So she had to say secondhand information. My, my husband said that God said, well, then the, the devil said, who, what did he say to you? Or, or you're not privileged. Or you're stupid. Or maybe just that you're a woman. You can't do what men do. Or there's limits. God has limited you. So that piqued her, that piqued her oh, yeah, curiosity, boy. So what else do you have to say? She, the, but the whole thing was she listened. Her downfall wasn't that he spoke. Her downfall is that she listened. Who are you listening to this morning? No, what, what God wants to know is what voice are you listening to this morning? There's young kids, young people here that should be, that you should be youth leaders right now. But you're worried about people at school going to think about you. There are some of you here that should be in cities teaching the word of God right here and, and expanding the move of God right here in Hayward. But the devil has you muzzled. He won't allow you to do anything for God. You have a tough enough time just getting here to sit in the seat you're in than to talk about stand up and do something for God.
Because you know when you stand up, you're taking on somebody. You know when you stand and take a stand, what's coming at you. It's easy to just sit and let others do it. Even though there's people in the city right now waiting for you to get it together. Are you hearing God? There's people in the city right now that are waiting for you to get it together and come because they can only hear the word of God from you. Not Pastor Josie or Pastor Walter or Aneva or Donna. No, it's your voice that God has had for this one person. Let's stand. He's muzzling us. He manipulates us. Every time we get a little, you know, a, a little anointed, boy, he just comes right in, woo, and tells you who you think you are. I know who you are. Remember this, remember that, remember this. Get back in that box that you, you know, you don't want the world to know who you really are. I'll expose you. Lie from the pit of hell. Exposure is what you need. You need to expose those hidden things. You need to get rid of those pet sins. You need to unload all the garbage so now you're transparent. The devil can't get at you anymore. You got nothing to hold over you anymore. God has already forgiven you. <laughs> the only one that don't know it is you. He's forgiven you. But the devil keeps throwing it up in your face. The altars are going to be open to and for those of you that aspire to do a work for God children's church man one of the greatest ministries that there is is children's church greatest ministries and then the youth and then rehab women's ministry have mercy excuse me I almost felt the wrath of God coming upon me women's ministry but see some of you guys will never join any of those. You'll never have the privilege to operate or run or head one of them because the devil has you in that box. And he will never let you out of that box. So now we're going to cut some strings today. We're going to become free people. But uh, I won't get ahead of myself. The altars are open. Come. Let us drink from the water. Lord,
No moving around and no focusing on anything but what God is getting ready to do in your life. I'm going to go over one more chorus because if there's anyone out there that the devil has you hemmed up and you can't seem to make it up here, God is freeing you right now to make it up. I don't want anybody. I'm not going to pray for anybody until I'm sure everybody's here. So Pastor Steve would always give us another opportunity. Well, I'm going to give you one more opportunity to come to this altar. Let's pray from the top again. I didn't give you the spirit of fear. Oh, Jesus, thank you for delivering me. That didn't come from me, he said. That's, I gave you a love and power and a sound mind. I gave you rationalization. I gave you a clear mind. I've given you my spirit. I put my spirit in you. Nothing by any means can stop you except you. you it's time to stop blaming Mama and Betty and Uncle Pete. Beto, it's you, it's us. It's the voices we listen to, the voices that are working us over, the voices that are stealing your destiny. There's people at this altar right now that are so, so anointed. Sister Linda, my God. so fully anointed you have such great leadership here in this church but they need help they need help they need you 
They need you to rise up. Today, today, not tomorrow, today. We need help today. Today, right now, today, right now, today, today. Today is the day of salvation. Today, today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of salvation. Let me pray. Father, every time from now on, when I have a dilemma, I'm going to your word. I'm not going to react. The devil wants reaction from me. I'm not going to give him what he wants. I'm going to take it to you in prayer. The greatest lesson of all is King David. While he was away with the guys, army came in and took his wives. They took the wives. They took the children. They took everybody. But before David, the men wanted to kill, stone David. They said, it's your fault. It's your fault that this happened to us. For threat of death, they was going to kill. David didn't worry about the death. He said, get me to Ethan. Get me to Ethan. I'm going to consult my Lord. He said, get me to Ethan. That's the way you need to be. Bring me my word. Bring me my word. Bring me my Ethan. Bring me my Bible. Get my Bible. Let me find my way out of this situation. No longer does he have dominion over you. The only way he has dominion is if you give it to him. That means by in your house and your fortification in prayer, if you leave the window open, he will come in. So you need to check your vessel and your life and your ministry to find out where did you leave the door open for attack in your life, in what area. Father, I thank you and give you all the honor, glory, and praise. And we thank you for the liberation that you've given us this morning. Because no longer do chains rattle on our arms and legs anymore. Because we are truly set free of the power of fear. In Jesus' name, my family said, amen and amen. God bless you.